0: Welcome to another episode of Men's Bible Study. Pastor John Mark Caton leads us this morning in continuation of our series, Stepping into Greatness. Be sure to have your copy of God's Word ready as we continue through Deuteronomy. Now, let's hear from Pastor John Mark. All right, if you remember last week, we, uh, we started a brand new uh, series uh, entitled Stepping up to Greatness, and so we're going to go back uh, to the book of Deuteronomy and uh, pick up where we left off. And as we talked about uh, last week, you know, the book of Deuteronomy is a pretty powerful book. Uh, It's the one, if you look at all the Old Testament books, Deuteronomy is the book that Jesus quoted the most. Uh, Other than Psalms and Isaiah, if you look through the New Testament, it's the one that is uh, quoted the third most uh, in the New Testament. It's really uh, kind of uh, Moses uh, getting the people... Ready to go into the promised land. Now Moses isn't going to make it into the promised land. Uh, he's, uh, he 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 missed his shot forty years earlier. But he's meandered around in the in the desert for forty years with the children of Israel. So he's gathered the children of Israel together and said, "Listen, uh, let me go a little historical on you. We're moving towards Valentine's. Anybody ever been in a fight with your bride and she goes a bit historical on you? That's kind of what Moses does. And uh, no." No? It's before seven. Okay, it's before seven. Yeah, I, I that. All right. But here, here's, here's the deal. That's exactly what Moses does to him. We're going to read over the next couple of uh, weeks as we look. Moses kind of got the children of Israel together. Now, the old past generation has died off. And he says, here's what you did. Here's what we should have done. Here's what you did. Here's what we should have done. Here's what you did. Here's what we should have done. Therefore, we're still here. And the saddest thing of all, it should have taken them about a month to get from slavery in Egypt into the Promised Land. And here they are 40 years later. Now that's a rut. How many of you from time to time ever felt like you've been in a rut? I mean, I've been in a rut, right? Um, This is a devotional I'd read a number of years ago. A.W. Tozer wrote this. Uh, He says we really get a chance to make a a choice in our spiritual journey. We can be in a rut, we can rot, or we can choose revival. That's kind of an interesting way of putting it. And, And so if you feel like you're in a spiritual rut, Man, let's do some things to get out of it. Maybe you're spiritually rotting. I, I don't know how what that means, but it, I, it clearly he's, he's a pastor, right? So he had to get three R's in there. Uh, but then he says, we want to choose revival. Here's what he says. Um, one of the worst enemies of men today that we face today, the treacherous enemy facing the church of Jesus Christ today is the dictatorship of routine. When routine becomes the Lord of our life and the church... It seems to be the most deadly thing. As we get down in uh, Deuteronomy uh, chapter 2 here in a few minutes, uh, one of the things Moses says is that God shows up to the children of Israel, and He says, you've walked around this mountain long enough. And it's the mountain of God, by the way. We looked a little bit at that last week. I want to dig back in. It's a great mountain. But God says, you've walked around this mountain long enough he says, it's time for you to go to the promised land. You know, a lot of times that's what we do. Something powerful will happen in our life, an old song or an old this or an old that, or we've got some childhood spiritual memory, and we want to circle that mountain over and over and over again. And I love what God shows up, does. He shows up to the children of Israel and says, you've walked in circles long enough. Guys, I want you to know, We should have zero interest in circles. How many of you know? We should have more interest in where God wants us to go. What God wants us to do. How he wants us to lead our families. How he wants us to impact our community. How he wants us to raise our kids. God cares more about where he wants to take us than us to spend the rest of our life circling the same thing. Sometimes it's a sin. Sometimes it's a past sin that we just circle, 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 circle. Sometimes it's some amazing uh, revival that has taken place in our life, but we want to circle, circle, circle. Man, I love what we're going to see here today, is that God says you've circled this mountain long enough. And so guys, I, I want to invite you and invite our staff to be on a journey together, not in circles, but towards something. And it's whatever God has for us. Man, you, you heard Justin mention it a few seconds ago. What an amazing weekend. You know, and we're just talking a few seconds ago. How many of you know it is a great problem to have when people line up to get on your campus? That is a great problem to have. Uh, even when they start cussing at our volunteers by the time they get here. you know. The point, the point is, it's outside in the parking lot, it's every man for himself, Right? When you get in here, we love Jesus, but out there, <laughs> anything goes, all right? Just get to your spot. But here's what we want. I mean, we don't want a circle. We don't want a circle. We've got a circle drive that goes around. Someone could pull on this campus, just drive circles around. Every Sunday morning, they could drive circles, circle. They can't go fast on Sunday, but they could drive circle and never be impacted. Because they've never gotten to the destination. They've never gotten where God wants them to be. So I want to encourage us to be men that don't walk in circles. But we're on our way together to the promised land. So this book of Deuteronomy, it's really uh, Moses uh, calling the children of Israel together, saying, God's got more. God's got more. And last week we started talking about our steps to greatness, that uh, one of the things that Moses does, he looks back on God's faithfulness. He says, man, he fed you uh, manna and mead. He had the cloud, had the fire. God led you all the way. He took you out of slavery. He led you toward the promised land. He talks about God's faithfulness all through the book of Deuteronomy. Then he talks about our failure, and that's kind of where he goes a little historical on He says, man, you you and I need, need to understand that we have blown it. The only reason why we are not in the promised land is because we've made a choice not to be in the promised land. And then I love what Moses says, but God can still do it. He says, you've circled long enough. And guys, so maybe there's some of you men in here, you've said, I've circled a lot in my life. Can I tell you this? Moses would look you in the eyes today, say, yeah, we've circled long enough. It's time to start going in straight lines. It's time to break out of our rut. rut. It's time to no longer rot. It's time to experience a little revival for us in our life. And so last week we said, man, we, we need to recognize that we've stayed where we are long enough. If you missed this, go back on our podcast. And we said, man, it takes action. To go forward, remember we looked at this idea of we've got to break camp and go. There has to be some sort of action as we move forward. Now let's jump back in Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 9. We're just going to kind of start reading through this. Uh, I want to go a little uh, historical on you because it's all leading to a point. So in Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 9, at this time uh, I said to you, this is Moses talking to the children of Israel. This is where we finished last week. He says, you are too heavy a burden for me to carry alone. And so Moses was trying to do everything. Moses was hearing all the disputes. He was acting as their judge. Everybody brought everything to him. And his father-in-law, Jethro, came to him and said, you can't do it by yourself. You can't do it by yourself. And so Moses said, okay, you're right. I'm going to choose some men who we can farm out some of the tasks to. And this is where we concluded last week is that guys... When we think about God blessing us as a church, and it is amazing to celebrate, you know what we need? We need exactly what Moses needed. We need men to step up and say, hey, what can I do? Where can I serve? Who can I minister to? Man, what barrier can I remove each and every week? What can you use me to do? And that's exactly what it has. What, it happen, what happens there. He says, at that time I said to you, you are too heavy a burden for me to carry alone. Moses just being honest, I can't do it. And it says, the Lord your God has increased your numbers so that today you're as numerous as stars in the sky. But how can I bear your problems and your burdens and your disputes all by myself. Moses says, man, God's blessed us. Even in the midst of our disobedience, God has blessed us to such a place Moses says, I can't do it. I I can't solve all the problems in the world. I can't carry all the burdens and I can't handle all the disputes. He says, therefore, I'm going to raise up some men. And you can just continue to read on. And so he chooses men. That's what happens in verse 13 and 14. He says, choose wise men, understanding men, well-respected men from each tribe. In other words, your places. He goes, "We're we're going to raise them up. And if they can handle it, we'll give it to them. Only the big stuff will come to Moses from here on out. See, that's the value of men stepping up to lead their tribes, their groups, their places, and their people. That they're the ones that handle the problems. we got a problem, let's fix it. That's what dudes do. How many of you know that? Right? I mean, you, you, that's just what dudes do. And man, more than ever, now more than ever in our culture, in our country, in every space, in our community, we need men that will stand up and say, let me solve some problems. Let me fix it. You know, it's one thing to point out a problem. It's another thing to solve it. How many of you have been around uh, maybe a work environment or something that, that some people are fantastic at pointing out the problems. How many of you? Yeah. All right. I got an idea. When you point out a problem, show up with a solution, right? That's really how men should operate. Yeah, there is a problem. Here's the solution. Here's what we're going to do. And so that's what Moses said. Your problems, your burdens, your disputes are too much for me to bear. Choose some men from among you. They're going to step up, and they're going to do it. We'll give it. Now, the big stuff Moses said, bring the big stuff to me. If you can't fix it, man, bring it to me. We'll get it taken care of. So always the challenge for us as men is to be willing to step up. Man, just as God had blessed them, where they had gotten uh, become so big, there were more of them that He says uh, more numerous than the stars in the sky. Man, that's what's happening. That's what's happening in our children's ministry, our student ministry. Man, just to mention forty-four people baptized Sunday morning. Man, we ought to be so fired up about that. Just told me we ran out of towels. I don't know if you saw a couple of the last people we baptized. They just walked off wet right? They're still wet. That's all we know. What happened to you today? I was baptized. We ran out of towels. How many of you would say that's a good thing, right? That's a good thing. Man, give God a hand on that. And so as we just jump down, uh, let me just give you a couple thoughts today. We're going to pick it up in verse 21. We're going to go to, for them to move forward, first of all, they had to remember they had a clear promise from God, all right? They had a clear promise from God. You see this in verse 21? It says, See, the Lord your God has given you this land. Now again, this is Moses going historical on them, reminding them of their failure. But here's what they had that they had a clear promise from God. And when do we see that? We saw that all the way back in Exodus chapter 3. He says, go up, take possession of the land. It's the Lord God. He's going to give it to you and your fathers just as He told you. And now notice verse 21. He says, do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. They had a clear promise. Moses said, don't forget, we had a very clear promise. Some of you have had a clear promise from God for a long, long time. If you'll just follow me, if you'll serve me, if you'll love me, if you'll care for me, if you'll be who I want to be, don't worry about your problems. Don't be fearful of your past. Don't be discouraged when things don't work out, because that's exactly what he says in verse 21. He says, do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. Man, they had a clear promise. You say, where was their promise? All the way back in Exodus chapter 3, let's go that. So Moses has tried in in a small way. He grew up in Egypt. He tried to kind of uh, save uh, some of the slaves in Israel. He ultimately leaves, spends forty years out in the desert. So at eighty years old, he has this interaction with this burning bush. Y'all remember this? It's in Exodus chapter three. It Says then the Lord said to them, "I have in- said to him, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because." Of their slave drivers, for I am concerned about their suffering. He says, So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And he says, The home, now here's the problem of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. All right? So I love what Moses does. He says, Don't ever forget about the promise. Man, the promise for us as men today is that the slavery that we were in was a slavery to sin. In the New Testament, who took care of that? Jesus did. He bought and paid for our salvation. He paid the price for all of our sins. And if you and I have trusted Jesus Christ by by faith, that He died, He was buried, He rose again the third day, we have been released from slavery and bondage to sin to move into the promised land, all right? But it requires some action. Now, salvation is for us. Just like these were all Jews. Can I tell you, they were Jews when they were in slavery, they were Jews when they were in the wilderness, and they were Jews when they were in the promised land, right? So here's where I think a bunch of us are. Bunch of us through salvation have been released from the bondage of sin, and we become Christians but we're walking around in circles in our own wilderness because we're not figuring out what's the straight line that God wants me to walk. How does God want me to live? How does God want me to move forward? And so here's where I want to encourage us today. If we're going to step up to greatness, let's find some straight lines. Man, I'm going to serve here. I'm going to do this. I'm going to say, God, yes. I'm going to make worship a priority in my life. It's not going to be uh, except maybe opening day of deer season. But other than that, we're going to make worship a priority, right? And that's what Moses reminds them. He says, Listen, God promised you the land. Guys, there are some of you that God has been promising you better things for a long, long time, and you believe them in your heart. You think about them all the time, but you're not walking in straight lines. We're instead choosing to meander around in the desert. And I, I just love this idea that Moses reminds them God gave us. The land now just jump down to verse 22 so here's the plans for success here it is he says then all of you uh, came to me and said so remember he's going historical let us send some men ahead to spy out the land and bring back a report about the route we are going to take and the towns we will come in that's a good military strategy right so here so moses says god promised it He's taken us out of slavery. We're out here in the wilderness. We're not yet going to the promised land, but God's given us the land. It's a land where there are enemies, difficulties, hardships, Canaanites, Hittites, Jebusites, all of those people. And he goes, and Moses is saying, don't forget you stopped. And we came up with a good strategy. We came up with a good plan. And he goes, here's the plan. We're going to choose people from every tribe. We're going to choose 12 men, send them in. They're going to spy out the land. That's a pretty good strategy, right? That's a good plan. They're going to go in, tell us the routes we're going to take. Uh, They're going to talk about the cities we're going to come into. So we can develop a plan. We can develop a plan. And then when we develop a plan, we're going to go in. Right? Wrong. They sent these 12 people in. And look at verse 23. It says, the idea seemed good to me. I selected 12 of you, one from each of your tribe. They left and went up to the hill country and came to the valley of Eshol and explored it taking with them some of the fruit. They brought it down to us and reported it is a good land that the Lord is giving us. Man, everything seems lined up. They've gotten the promise. They're out of slavery. They're moving towards the promised land. They know God's given it. God's promised them there are going to be problems in there. He says there's enemies in there. There's cities in there. And he says, man, we developed a good plan. Send 12 people in, they go into the land. They, they go into the land, they bring back fruit. You remember the story. What happens? Those men come back, men come back and discourage the people. And that's, what, that's the saddest thing about this whole book. Is Deuteronomy should have taken place 40 years earlier but instead they go into the land and they go, you know what? There's some problems in there. There There's some enemies in there. There There's some pretty fortified cities in there. And instead of going in, the people get discouraged and they begin to meander around and they live in the wilderness for 40 years instead of in the promised land. And guys, my encouragement, if you are living in your spiritual wilderness, let's stop walking in circles. Let's start going in straight lines. Let's say, God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to live? How do you want me to worship? Do you want me to study your word each and every day? Man, they had a pretty good plan. Uh, I, I love what uh, Proverbs says, Proverbs 16, verse three. You say, Pastor, how would I know what to do? No, well, just go with Proverbs chapter 16, verse three. It says, commit your way to the Lord and whatever you do, your plans will succeed. You know, I think a lot of times we sit around and we plan and we think about it. Well, maybe I should do this Bible study or maybe I should serve in this ministry. I should do this. I should do that. How do I know which one is right? You want to know how you know which one is right? This is the dude's way. Just try it. Just try it. Say, I'm going to try this. If this doesn't seem to line up with my giftedness, I'm going to try something else. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. The one thing I'm not going to do is walk around circles. And so they had a good plan. They had a clear promise from God, but they journey forward. Now pick it up and, and notice this. Look at verse 26. But you were unwilling to go up. They had a promise from God. They had a good plan, but notice they got fearful. And the two common things we're afraid of is, 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 are, are hold us back is a lot of times we lack faith or we lack spiritual courage. That's exactly what happened to them. So notice what he says. But you were unwilling to go up. You had the promise, you had the plan. But notice now here the problems show up. You rebelled against the Lord your God uh, that He had commanded you. Uh, commanded you. And look at verse twenty-seven. You grumbled in your tents and said, "The Lord hates us." <laughs> Let's just stop right there. What a bunch of crybabies, right? Bunch of woe is me. All right, the Lord just took you out of slavery, walked you toward the promised land, gave you a promise. You went in. The people reported back that the land is a good and spacious land, it is filled, flowing with milk and honey. And um, you chose not to go in and said, God hates us. Man, how small does that violin need to be? Guys, I, I think there are times in our life, and, and let me tell you, I'm standing up here as a man who years ago felt the exact same way. That I wasn't walking with God. My father had passed away when uh, I was in Baylor, and man, things were going on in my life, and I remember saying, God, you hate me? God, Why would you let this happen to me? My hero dies and this struggle and, man, went through some things. And, you know, I just remember, I literally remember laying there at night going, man, God, do you love me? Because if you love me, it doesn't seem like that would have happened. If you love me, it doesn't seem like that wouldn't happen. If you love me, it doesn't seem like that would happen. And I start playing my violin. And maybe there are some of you that you're sitting here today and, and you're wondering, God, do you love me? Or can you still love me based on what I did? Can you still love me? Do you still love me? Do you still have a purpose for me? Do you still have a plan for me? See, here's the key. Even though they were unwilling to go in, God would have still given them the promised land. See, See, when they chose not to go in, God didn't say, then I revoke my promise. What God said is I might give it to a different generation. I might give it to someone else who'll say yes. And so as we think about in your life, are you sitting in a space of disobedience and unwillingness to say yes to God and then blaming God for not loving you enough? That's where they were. Did you get that? They chose disobedience, discouragement, stayed out in the wilderness, and then accused God of not loving them enough. And God's sitting here going, look at your history, I've done enough, all right? You were slaves, now you're not slaves. You came to the Red Sea. Uh, The Egyptian army was behind you. Instead of me letting you die there, I parted the Red Sea and killed the Egyptian soldiers. You went a little further down, and you ran out of water. I told Moses, hey, I got an idea. Go strike that rock. I'll give you clean water. That seems like a crazy idea, God. But Moses went ahead and did it. God goes up, uh, takes Moses up on, the, uh, up on the mountain. He gives him Ten Commandments. He says, if you'll live out these Ten Commandments, you'll all be better off for it. We'll be better off for it, right? God says, don't say I don't love you just because you're choosing disobedience in this moment. God says, listen, I want you in the promised land. I don't want you in the wilderness. And maybe there's some guys in here today or maybe online or in the podcast. You need to hear this, that God says, I do love you. But you've chosen the wilderness instead of the promised land. And God says, let's move to the promised land. So let's continue to read on. He says, the Lord hates us. So he brought us out of Egypt to deliver us into the hands of these Amorites, verse 27, "uh, to destroy us. Where can we go now? Our brothers have made us lose heart. So now they're what? They're blaming somebody else. Man, guys, don't ever roll into the blame game. Of, you know, hey, this, you know, in this past church, or when I grew up here, or there was a pastor or a deacon over there. Guys, don't ever let someone else control your spiritual future. All right? Don't let some pastor, they're like, our brothers discouraged us. No, you made a choice not to go in. And so I want to encourage you, man. Moses is kind of giving it to these dudes. All right? He's kind of giving it to them saying, it is time for us to move forward. It is time for us to go in. And so they said, where can we go? Our brothers have made us lose heart. Verse 28, they say the people are stronger and taller than we are. The cities are large with walls up to the sky. We even saw the Anakites there. Now look at verse 29. Then I, Moses said, then I said to you, Do not be terrified terrified, and do not be afraid. The Lord your God who is going before you will fight for you as He did for you in Egypt before your very eyes and in the wilderness. There you saw the Lord God carried you as a father carries his son all the way until you reach this place. I love what Moses did. He went historical to remind them of their past problems, but he also went a little historical to remind them of God's faithfulness. And guys, my my guess is there are a lot of us in this room, while we might have some past problems, we can also look back in the past and see where God was faithful. How many of you can think in your life, I can think of thousands, that even in those moments when I was unfaithful, God was faithful? Every one of us in this room, unless you're Jesus, We can all look back on past failures, past problems, past mistakes and say, even when I was unfaithful, God was faithful. And so guys, I want to encourage us with this. Moses has given it to them, but for the purpose of saying, let's don't repeat past mistakes. Let's stop work, walking in circles in our spiritual life and start walking in straight lines. Why? Because the promised land is over there. And if you choose and I choose to walk in circles in disobedience, let's don't then turn around and say, God hates us. No, God hates where you are because you're in the wilderness, because God wants you in the promised land. God doesn't hate you. God will challenge you. God will encourage you. Maybe this moment, maybe this message, you you say, Pastor, it's a little hard for prior to 7 in the morning. Man, some of us need to hear, let's stop walking in circles and let's start walking in straight lines. And so as we just continue to read on, notice what it says. uh, As a father carries his son. Man, what an incredible thought. Look at verse 32. In spite of this, in spite of this, You did not trust the Lord your God. So here's where we're going to close. How much do you trust God with your future? How much do you trust God with your future? Do you trust Him enough to say I'm all in? Do you trust Him enough? to say, I'm done walking in circles and I'm gonna start walking in straight lines. Do you trust him enough with your past failures that you believe more in his future grace than your past failures? Do you trust God enough? Because when it came down to it, they lacked faith and courage, but both of those led to one common problem that most men have. We will trust ourselves long before we will trust God. And guys, that will never, ever, ever get us to the promised land. That's the best way to keep circling your mountain out in the wilderness. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for just an opportunity to let Moses wear me out. Wear us out for the purpose of pushing us to get out of our our spiritual rut, to move towards revival, to move towards our promised land, to stop walking in circles. God, we know you love us. You demonstrated that through your son over 2,000 years ago. God, many of us in here have salvation, but we're still walking in circles. God, let us leave here today as men who will trust you with our families, with our finances, with our future, because we know you love us. As Moses said, you're like a father who carries his son. God, let that image burn its way into our minds all day long as we trust you in every place. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. You guys have a blessed day. Go walk in some straight lines. Thanks for tuning in to today's Bible study. For more information regarding Cottonwood Creek, go to cottonwoodcreek.org. And we hope you tune in next time for more episodes of Men's Bible Study.